Welcome to Generation Ag, a podcast for the future of agriculture. I'm Kayla. And I'm Lavinia. And we're a couple of young Aggies passionate about celebrating our industry and sharing the stories of people who work in it. Welcome back to another episode of Generation Ag. Today, you've got Kayla, and I'm so excited to be interviewing Amy Snowden of Little Brick Pastoral. If you don't know who Amy Snowden is, you might know of the Lego Farmer, which is one of her creations. And if you don't, I suggest you pause this podcast right now, pull over if you're driving, and jump on Instagram, check out Little Brick Past, so Little Brick P-A-S-T on Instagram to check out the incredible photos that Amy takes of her little Lego farmer. I'm excited to talk to Amy today about the journey of Little Brick Pastoral and what she hopes it will become in the future. We're lucky enough to have Amy call in from the Riverina today. Um, Please bear with me as my voice was a little bit funny on this recording. I was a little bit sick, so I do sound a bit different. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. We hope you enjoy. Amy, I'm so delighted to have you on today. I know that you are so passionate about telling the story of agriculture and that's just right up our alley. So we're super excited to have you as a guest on Generation Ag. Thank you, Kayla. I'm really excited to be on. I've (laughs) really enjoyed, I'm really enjoying listening to the episode. So it's really an honour to be a guest. Oh, thank you so much. That's such great feedback. I mean, what have we been doing now? Four weeks, five weeks. So no, that's really amazing feedback coming from you. Thank you so much. Why don't we start by, um, before we get to why we've got you on today, which is of course the Lego Farmer and Little Brick Pastoral, tell us about Amy Snowden. Okay, so um, I am based on my family farm, which is in the southern Riverina of New South Wales, where irrigation farmers are at Tokemore, which so right on the Murray River. Uh, we specialise in loosened hay production which goes into the local dairy industry. Um, and then our top quality stuff is made for the chaffing industry along uh, the New South Wales South Coast. Talk to us about what are your passions, what are your motivators, what's gotten you here today? Okay, so my personal um, sort of passions are obviously in agriculture, um, but my career has sort of developed, I guess, as the Lego Farmer has come about, um, which is really cool and really exciting um, that I get to – I have a really cool – um, job, well, I guess, and at the moment now, um, I do a lot of freelance and remote work um, in ag communications, NPR, um, and that that gives me the opportunity um, to to drive the Lego Farmer and Little Brick Pastoral and and to take opportunities as that presents. Talk to me now about your childhood and your family. You grew up on the farm. Yes. Yeah, grew up on the farm. Um, as a kid going to school, my world revolved around school. I was incredibly academic. Um, <laughs> so it, it's not a very exciting story because it did revolve around school, um, but was was involved um, in, it's still involved in the farm operations. Um, mm. I mean, dur- during the noughties, um, we were, it was the millennium drought and we diversified a little bit um, with our fodder production um, and we were feedlotting some cattle um, and so every Sunday we had to put those cattle through the yards for weighing and that was definitely a family affair you couldn't get out of it um, yeah. <laughs> and um, but we worked like clockwork everybody had their job and if someone was missing it, you know it fell apart so um, that was every Sunday afternoon um, 
and I, I guess I relish that child, that childhood and that teamwork. Mm. And I guess that that kind of sets you up for life, that everybody has an important part to play and you had a role to play. Mm. Um, and that role was was built for your your skill set um and yeah i guess that importance um of everybody's skills coming in um and working through that and and still to this day i mean my family um are all um involved so my brother and i both left um the family farm and they've both now come back um and my sister's currently at university actually like really soon about to graduate so it's a bit of an exciting week in our household so um, oh that's exciting <laughs> congratulations to your family do you think agriculture was always going to be part of your future career uh, no probably not at school I guess I was those formative years of high school which I kind of look now when I do careers work those formative years are probably like year eight to year ten um and they for me were smack bang in the millennium drought um and being in an irrigation area you know we had no irrigation water um and I look at careers education now and I look at the careers education that I possibly received and I hope there's a bit of improvement um but then maybe I'm a bit of clouded judgment as well um but agriculture at the time wasn't on my radar. I guess there was possibly a couple of reasons for that. Um, as a community perception, we weren't encouraging our kids to come back on onto farms or go into the sort of industry. As a wider community, not to say that um, my parents never said, you know, you guys can't come back here um, because it was always an open sort of discussion. Um, but also that for me I had sort of a perception that agriculture was kind of a narrow field and that, you know, um, agriculture was farming and that, that farming looked like my dad mm. um, and that's what a career in agriculture looked like and I kind of went, well, do I want to be a mirror of him? Um, and I didn't know the diversity of careers in agriculture, which is why that's kind of really, really important to me. Mm. That's actually um, kind of echoing a conversation that I had with Callan Daly a couple of weeks ago on the podcast as well about even as kids who grow up in agriculture, we still have no idea what's out there for us if we want to pursue a career in the sort of supply chain areas of agriculture. So um, it's nice to see a common thread coming through, albeit possibly a little bit disappointing, um, you know, that lots of people in our age bracket, you know, 20 to 30 working in ag now, actually never saw ourselves working in ag because of what we saw our parents doing through those tough years around the millennium drought especially. Everyone want to know, uh, what is the Lego Farmer if they don't already? So the Lego Farmer is quite literally um, a Lego <laughs> minifigure. <laughs> um, so think of the Lego minifigure. They, they stand at four and a half centimetres tall and mine is a farmer character. Um, so quite stereotypical that he wears um, bib and brace overalls, uh, a smiling, engaging face um, and a wide, what I typically will call an Australian Akubra hat. Um, clearly they're not Australian. <laughs> um, <it's, laughs> Lego um, don't make a Akubra. <laughs> Lego don't make a It actually comes from a safari kit. Um, but it, I think it represents a nice Australian Akubra and um, given yeah. what I've got to, to use, that's... Um, that's the, the best that I can come up with. Um, 
yeah, so that, that's what literally the Lego farmer is. And now the Lego farmer has become um, a bit of an icon in and unto itself. Do you want to talk about, um, maybe take us back to the day the Lego farmer was born and then we'll talk about the journey of the Lego farmer after that. Yeah, sure. So Lego photography itself is not an unbeknownst thing. So there has hundreds of Lego photographers around the world. And when I stumbled across the idea of Lego photography, I um, did a bit more searching and digging because I was like, this is really cool. Um, As growing up, um, I quite like macro photography and the idea that something small can tell a wider story. Mm -hmm. So I was drawn to this idea of Lego photography and I did some more digging and there was no one photographing a Lego farmer. So I was like, why not? I sort of um, so from there, I guess it kind of snowballed, um, gathered myself a Lego minifigure um and then uh, yeah when it sort of and I can still I can still picture it exactly the day sort of but I got my farmer um and took it out we had a germinating crop um of lucerne which is is obviously quite small um and took it out to, to photograph that um with my minifigure and um my grandparents were visiting my and we'd taken them out to, and dad was inspecting the crop. My mum had come out with her camera because she has had been at that point um, doing a blog for two years at that point um, of a daily photo of our farm. Yeah. And um, so she was taking photos of the, the crop as well. Um, and I just put my figure down and took a photo and she took a photo of me taking a photo of the Lego farmer thinking, I don't know what Amy's thinking or how this is going to work. And obviously... Uh, taking a photo of something so small um, is an interesting contortion position you have to do. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, and I guess at that time when I saw that photo that I'd taken on the back of the camera, I thought this could kind of work. Like it, it, I, lit, I can take it. I can physically, you know, it, it works. Um, and I guess it, it started from there. Yeah. And so where did you, where did you post it, the photo? So I initially um, started the Facebook page um, and a Twitter, um, and um, I did start a web, a small blog, um, because my grandma was like, "Well, I don't have social media. How am I going to know what the Lego farmer does?" So uh, there had to be a website component as well. And we later added an Instagram account because Lego photography is massive on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So um, at the time, I guess when you started it, were you sort of just thinking, you know, you take a few photos of uh, some different characters and just post it to a blog or Facebook and just sort of participate in the wider Lego photography community? Well, so at this point, I kind of hadn't massively discovered the extent of the Lego photography community. Um, So I knew it to a little bit, but I hadn't really delved into it. So I kind of thought that this was a quirky way of sharing farming, that my friends and family, who are a lot of them are involved in agriculture, would... um, kind of resonate with it um I'd share it on Facebook they'd kind of get a kick out of it it kind of go for you know a couple of months and then everybody'd be like okay Amy you can put the Lego away um and we'll move on and that's kind of where I sort of that's kind of where my headspace was at yeah and of course that didn't happen so talk to us about the journey then (laughs) from there uh so that that definitely didn't happen it kind of snowballed um within probably about well it was quite quick um and certainly a lot more anticipated than what I expected. And I guess people really resonated with it. Um, 
and it became this way of sharing um, agriculture in this really unique way. Um, but it also connected with people outside of agriculture, which I guess was something that I hadn't thought about initially mm. um, and therefore became a way of sharing our world um, or our yeah, my backyard and what we were doing um, to people with a way that they resonated with. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, you know, I really believe and I think we're finding here with this podcast that success has really come from, from a sort of a junction where passion and purpose meet with a need. Um, what do you think has made the Lego Farmer so successful? For me, I think it's connection. And I know I, I think it's a really bad pun, but I say it that Lego connects. And I really <laughs> think it is that people resonate the fact that they recognise it as Lego and they see something in the photo that's like, oh, well, that's like my Lego that, you know, I played with as a child or my children are now playing with. Mm. Or, um, And I think because Lego is, and I, I mean, sometimes I sound like a Lego ad um, and I should probably make a disclosure that Lego doesn't sponsor, authorise or endorse me. Um, and so they don't pay me or give me any free Lego, which would be, would be awesome. But they don't. <laughs> um, but, but Lego transcends generations and it's, it's an incredibly um, clever product. Um, but, it's a, it, I mean, it's a family business that has had to, like a lot of family business, pivot, change, um, mm. you, know, wake, you know, work with the times and um, work with its products and, and innovate as well. So um, the fact that it's got, you know, fans that are, you know, toddlers playing with Duplo through to adults who will pay thousands of dollars for Star Wars kids um, to mm. build them is... My know. husband's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> He's all about the Lego. That's so... It's That's really amazing. Um, I think I first came across Lego Farmer early last year, I want to say, and I just loved it because, um, I mean, you and I have met at uh, events at for career education. So I work with careers in grain in, in my day job. Um, and just how, um, yeah, like you said, connecting the Lego farmer is because yeah, everyone can engage with Lego. They understand Lego and there's some kind of sweetness to displaying agricultural careers in the way that you do. Um, what are some of the most exciting sort of uh, places that the Lego farmer has been? So for me, it's it's the little things. It's it's watching a light bulb moment um, at an exhibition or a show um, that when a child or a parent kind of works out that, you know, the oats that we're sort of displaying um, is, you know, where the rolled oats come from and that that's been grown by a farmer and it goes through stages um, and that's how it comes to their breakfast plate. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's sharing those things and when they share back and, um, you know, showcasing, you know, their stories as well. So I've had um, kids send me photos back and it's, you know, kids that have set up with their Duplo, which means they're, they're small, they're really small children, um, you know, their little spray rigs and mm. their little tractors driving around or it's, uh, you know, it's a kid in the city who says, well, my backyard um, is actually, you know, cars drive you know there's cars and there's you know police and bits and pieces driving around and bits and pieces. it's that sharing and that's connection mm. um obviously there's been you know lots of exciting places um and and stuff that the lego farmer has gone to um but for me it's it's the really little moments that we get to mm. witness that is just that's that's incredible so the lego farmer um 
sort of transitioned at some point into what is now Little Brick Pastoral. Could you um, tell our listeners a bit about how that transition came about or how that Little Brick Pastoral was sort of added on um, to your Lego Farmer? Yeah, so that was um, obviously when we realised that this was going to be bigger than um, a small character on social media and I probably needed to take it, I guess, a little bit more seriously. Um, So in order to access um, some bigger things, um, I needed, you know, to register an ABN um, and web and, you know, official websites and that sort of thing. And obviously you cannot have the trademark of another company in your name. (laughs) Um, So um, we transitioned it to to a sort of a proper name and and established that up. So it it seemed to me um, quite a logical transition that Little Brick sort of um, meant being Lego um, and pastoral being farming. It was a really interesting process though with transitioning on Facebook Um, because they went interpreted pastoral in Australia, we we all obviously probably go, yep, that's farming. Farming, Whereas, yeah. Yeah, they interpret that as pastoral care and suddenly went that I was going very religious. <laughs> and they were like, no, no, you can't do that. And they were like going to go, no, you can't transition the page across. And I was like, no, no, you, I think you're misinterpreting me. Yeah. So that was an interesting phase, but yeah. <laughs> That is so interesting. And I know, Amy, that you do a lot of work with school kids through Little Brick Pastoral. Tell us about some of the activities and initiatives that you've been involved in. Well, at the moment, um, we're actually just ramp, like rolling into um, our awards um, for the National AJ Careers Competition, which is one that I really love each year. It's done in partnership um, with the Sydney Science Park, um, the Archibald Prize and um, Career Harvest, which is obviously with um, PITA, the Primary Industries Education Foundation of Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, that one, I guess, is really, really exciting. We ask kids to think about what skills they have and what passions they have and then to look at what, how they could use those in agriculture. So whether they're thinking about a career in agriculture or not, put that aside um, and think about what do they love, what are they mm-hmm. good at and how they could use those um, for our agricultural industry. So it's a competition that we run every year um, and it's open for like, kids from year five uh, to year 12. Um, and obviously the Lego component is these that we um, get to have a bit of fun at the end and as they've developed that, then they build their little career in agriculture and take a Lego photo. Mm. But what I really love is getting the entries in um, and seeing the diversity of careers that these kids come up with. Um, and they also write a day in the life story of what that career would look like. And um, the ideas that the kids come up with are incredible because they are real. Kids are really great, partic- mm-hmm. um, sometimes particularly younger kids because yep. they, they don't sort of have the filter that as yep. we get older we tend to apply. Um, and, yeah, they've got some incredible ideas. It's fantastic. I love reading the stories. Mm. And you've been involved with sort of creating um, resources and things for schools? Yeah. Yep. So um, that was particularly after um, I was a rural women's finalist um, in New South Wales. Um, We had the opportunity to work with New South Wales DPI and create a teacher resource kit uh, for International Year of the Pulse. And that was really about making um, kits that were hands-on and all is sort of inclusive. So for me, what I really noticed was that kids, uh, if I went to like a show or something, they hadn't had the opportunity to germinate seeds and things, Mm. things that I considered um, sort of to be, you know, that's what we did every year. We germinated the oat seeds to work out whether that was cattle feed next year or what we were going to, you know, sow out to crop. Mm. Um, 
And so that that idea that you could see seeds germinate and look at their roots develop and and that sort of thing, um, mm. to me, I I just found it fascinating that you know kids hadn't been exposed to that. So that was a really key component of um, these kits and and letting them see how different crops germinate at different rates and that sort of thing and including those in kits. So. Mm. I remember hearing you speak at the um, Food, Fibre and Agriculture Educators Conference at the start of this year and I think you were telling everyone um, that they, you know, kids, they don't recognise um, oats when they're in their grain form but they'll recognise them when they're rolled and they just think they grow rolled and how interesting it is that we need to show them the stages because they don't know and they don't know, you know, where these products come from and how important they are and who goes into the whole um, making of these. So I really love what you do. I think, I think it's so great to be encouraging exploration of agricultural careers through um, yeah, really incredible content is, is so commendable. I really, I really salute you, Amy, for what you do. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Um, What's something that you wish more people knew about agriculture? Uh, definitely the diverse range of careers in agriculture. Just the absolute extent, and I know this is right up your alley, Kayla, um, the absolute extent of the careers that we have. Um, and I often say that, you know, um, doesn't matter what your passion is in agriculture, uh, is in general so whether you like being in the field or you like being in a lab um, whether you're creative or numbers are more your game mm. um, there you can turn any of that and apply it to agriculture um, we have just an incredible um, industry and we need to be attracting the most creative and and bright and innovative minds into our industry to continue to move forward. And so I think that's really exciting. Um, but it is, I guess, debunking some of those myths that we already have um, and getting that through to, to students at a particularly uh, early age before mm. that they've obviously had that coming in from, from other angles. Mm. And what do you, like, this is probably a put you on the spot question, but what do you think we can do as a society to, yeah, debunk some of those myths? As an agricultural community, what, what are we going to do to overcome, yeah, some of these challenges around career knowledge? I think we have to obviously really be really positive about our industry, mm. um, but also we need to be really excited about when someone's um, expresses interest in our industry, not mm. go, oh, really? Oh, so you weren't going to go into like engineering or law or, mm. you know, and if someone says that, you know, if someone's, particularly if someone is, and it quite often is, um, if someone's really academic um, and they say they're going into agriculture, we're, oh, but weren't you thinking of medicine? Mm. And, you know, we suddenly change our tune when they say, actually, I'm going to go into ag science and then, you know, why are we changing our tune? You know, we need to be really excited and go, oh, that's fantastic. And, you know, what about all the opportunities? And, you know, and look at our industry as, as a global industry and as a global leader um, and the impact that those that they're going to make. And just be, I mean, the opportunities in Australian agriculture and global agriculture are absolutely incredible. Um, and I guess I've been incredibly fortunate as to some of the really awesome things that I've that I've been able to do and I guess um, we should be, you know, singing these um, mm-hmm. from the hilltops and just really encouraging yeah. people to take these up. And for a bit of self-reflection, because um, I know it was certainly the case with me that I had no idea, even but when I jumped into my career in agriculture, no idea how big the industry is. Have you been surprised at, 
you know, the opportunities that are far and wide for people who want to work in agriculture? Yeah, most definitely. And um, and how they just continue. Sometimes you think, oh, okay, oh I've, I've, you know, I've probably exhausted mm. sort of the opportunities. Thinking, oh, yeah, I've, but they just keep coming. Um, and in saying that, it's a massive industry, but it's also um, an incredibly well-connected mm. um, and to a certain extent feels like a big extended family. You're well-supported. Um, and when you reach out to people, even if you don't know people in the industry or you don't know people in a certain sector of the industry, when you reach out, you're going to be welcomed. Um, and people are always willing to help and yeah mm, I love that so what's the t- in the 10-year plan for little brick pastoral and the lego farmer what's your blue sky ideas uh good question <laughs> um sometimes I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring for little brick mm. pastoral I guess um it's been a real it's come about as a real organic sort of thing. It's been um, about organic growth and um, taking opportunities as they come and really making the most of things. Um, But having said that, we do um, have like really noticed and really, um, I guess, shaped ourselves around three core pillars. And that is around the first being the celebration of Australian agriculture, the real reason that we started to um, showcase and to celebrate Australian agriculture in that really positive way. Um, The second is around education and specifically um, for primary school age students. Um, And the third one is around career aspiration and showcasing the diversity of careers in ag. Well, and what about agriculture? What are your hopes to the future of ag? So for me, I think, and more, I guess, on a global agricultural perspective, because I think Australia is really important as a a global player, Mm. Um, but as an industry that we're really proud of its achievements um, and that we share the success with our consumers. So we have a really great story to tell. Mm. Um, We're an innovative, exciting industry that's literally feeds and clothes the world. So let's let's really debunk the image of a whinging farmer who, you know, who's usually an older farmer mm-hmm. and usually male <laughs> um, who's, who demands the drought and then demands the floods and then the prices. Yeah. Um, and, look, I'm not saying that we don't have hard times in agriculture. We certainly do. Mm-hmm. Um but what I am saying is that we have to embrace consumers in our story and in our entire story mm. um, and in that entire journey um, and then welcome them with open arms um, because we've got some really great things to be proud of and to sort of bring them along in our, in our journey. Mm. And you I think we've touched. got a really exciting, exciting future. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Definitely. You just touched on briefly then about um, tough times and stuff like that. Um, how's your, how's the season where you are? You're obviously in the Riverina in New South Wales, near the Murray. Do you want to tell everyone sort of how things are on the farm for you guys? Uh, well, we're irrigation and we're currently on 0% allocation. So, so it is a tough season. It, it's difficult. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a story for lots of people, I guess, around your area. We're, we're having yeah. a tough season here in WA, but it's just heartbreaking to watch what's going on, on over on the eastern seaboard for you guys. Um, I'll put you on the spot again. Do you have any suggestions for guests in the future? Anyone you want to hear on the podcast? Oh, oh there's lots of people I'd love to hear. Um, I guess I've been part of um, some number of really great programs so I've got the opportunity to meet some great people mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of um so some haywire people that I've um 
really loved hearing some, some of their great stories. Um, mm. Tiffany Davies is a great example out of WA. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alana Black uh, from Rydal in New South Wales. She's currently based in Scotland, another fantastic example. Um, I recently went through the NFF 2030 Leaders Program. Um, my cohort was of eight, uh, so there's seven fantastic um, mm. uh, ambassadors um, yeah, to hear from. How great are the sort of young guns sort of moving through agriculture right now? Really incredible. So many movers and shakers like yourself yeah. are just going to do so much for this industry. I really, I'm excited. It excites me when I think about what agriculture is going to look like in, you know, 20, 30 years time. And we're such an exciting, I guess the, the beauty of that is that we're such an exciting cohort that bring each other along together that you know we reach out and I often rely on these people that I've met through different networks um, and connect those networks together and um, reach out to them for all sorts of different things and and you know whether it be because I've got a school group visiting and I go I need farms to visit or um, you know I'm planning another project and I just and we're all so you know we're busy people We've all got little projects sort of on the go, but incredibly supportive. And that's what I think is really exciting um, and just so awesome about about our industry. Yeah. All right. Well, to finish off, tell the people how they can find you and the Lego Farmer if they want to. Uh, so the Little Brick Pastoral has a website at www.littlebrickpastoral.com um, and we're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Little Brick Pastoral and you also find me across those social media uh, as Amy Stone and also LinkedIn and I'm always open to ideas and, and suggestions and emails. Um, always happy for people to connect. And will we see you in WA one of these days? Most of definitely. <laughs> I love getting across the country. So, um, yeah. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Amy. I'm so delighted that we were able to um, tie you down and get you on the podcast from uh, the Riverina. And, yeah, I'm sure everyone will love have loved this episode. So thank you so much. Thank you, Kayla. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Generation Ag. We hope you loved it. If you did, don't forget to visit our guest bios page on our website where you can get all of their contact information. And if you have an idea for another guest in the future or a story that you want to hear, you can get in touch with us via our email, which is hello at generationag.com.au. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at generation.ag. That's Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you've loved this episode as well, you can share it with your friends on your socials and make sure to subscribe to us on the podcast app and leave us a review because that all really helps as well. Thanks, guys. Bye.